everybody. I'm Jim Gordon with the Taste of Scotland Festival and Highland Games. I'm here to tell you real quickly what we've got going for you on June 18th in Franklin, North Carolina. First June 17th, Friday night, we've got a parade downtown going over to the Kayla, which is at the Rascalers in Franklin. That's on June 17th. June 18th, Macon County Fairgrounds. We've got Tawatha Dia playing. We've got Jacobites by name, Wild Blue Yonder, Rainbow Inn. Norma Jean's going to be playing all kinds of good Celtic music all day long at the uh, Macon County Fairgrounds. We've got Highlands Game, Sheaf Tossing, the Caper Tossing, all the heavy athletic games are going to be there for you on June 18th. We have got Border Collies. We have got we have got the big Highland Coup. We have got uh, the kids program. We've got great Scottish food for you and some vendors and a lot of fun. Come see us June 18th, Father's Day weekend, all day Saturday at the Macon County Fairground. We'll see you there. Okay, hey everybody. Um, I got a chance recently to sit down and talk with Keith Austin, who is the vice president of the board for the Smoky Mountain Highland Games, which is in was in Townsend, Tennessee, just recently. Um, we got a went over there. Uh, Josh and I went over there and had a great time. Uh, got some good shots, which we'll show you in here in uh, coming up uh, episodes. But uh, the interview was very interesting, and it, it gave me a chance, and hopefully you, to uh, kind of get an idea of the process and how they go about putting on uh, a games uh, the size. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to play that now. I am here with uh, Keith Austin. What is your official title, Keith? Vice President of the Board for the Smoky Mountain Scottish Festival and Games. Vice President of the Board, the uh, Smoky Mountain. We've been enjoying the games. Smoky Mountain, uh, what's the official? Festival and games all yep. day long. We've got another day tomorrow mm -hmm. to, to come back. Uh, the bands have been awesome. Now, did the dogs get to perform? I just missed them. They got rained out for well, a little bit. I saw bit. them a couple of times on the field. So, uh -huh. yeah, I think they did get they, to do a little bit. That's all. I'll be looking for them. I, that's always something my favorite, the focus a of those dogs. To me, it's amazing. Um, it looked like very successful. You had a big crowd. You got any idea of what kind of crowd we're looking at here today? We'll look at more, but we almost ran out of our wristbands which are your entry into the festival uh -huh. today uh for for the saturday wristbands and so uh it, it was it was a tremendous crowd uh i would say today was at least seven thousand seventy five hundred nice. people yeah i can believe and, that uh, that's what the numbers would seem to indicate but it may have been a bit more than that so i'll just err on the side of conservancy now would you contribute to that to weather to uh, your fantastic advertising scheme or uh, just the fact that Scottish festivals are becoming that popular? You know, last year was a record year for us. Mm -hmm. We were at uh, Maribel College for 10 years and just continue to go, continue to grow. And so I think a lot of its word got out and we've done a, a good job. We don't have perfection, but we've done a good job. Uh, and so we provide uh, what I would like to preach is a great customer experience overall, everything. So uh, moving in here, we did a lot of promotion along with the Blunt Partnership, who's the major partner with us in this mm -hmm. for the grounds and uh, financially and some other things. 
to promote the new setting. And when people came up here, like our entertainment director came and started shooting video of the setting with nobody up here but a couple of tents, he was just talking about how great the setting is. And it is. You look at these mountains and you just imagine the pipes, you smell the haggis, you know, you can see the cavers, and, and it's just a fantastic <laughs> setting. So uh, it actually, a lot of people were very excited to have it up here. And then the community really partnered with us and supported it. So we had, uh, we had good success overall bringing people up here. You you uh, mentioned your musical director. Now, is this the uh, first, it's EJ? Yeah, it's EJ. EJ uh, Jones from the uh, Piper Jones Band, one of my personal favorites. Uh, is this his first year as your musical director? Has he been with you a while? I know he's played before. This is his first year that he actually managed the entertainment mm -hmm. portion of what we do. Uh, we had somebody before that's actually still performing up here and uh, was connected with some people in the community and did a great job. But uh, EJ's done a good job, and we continue to want to expand and grow and diversify and bring in. He, he, what, he comes with a big family, all the connections, especially in the southeast. He's got a great heart for keeping the tradition mm -hmm. very much at the core, but expanding the view of that tradition, I guess, is the best way to say it. So he's good example. He's, of that would be Kerr. The, the oh, yeah. Seven Nations. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There. And we had a lot of feedback on Facebook and whatnot about them coming, which was great. So he did a good job. So entertainment this year on three stages has been tremendous. Uh -huh. um, and the the uh, games, the athletic games, the competition will continue tomorrow on Sunday. Yeah. Also, they they will continue tomorrow. <clears throat> okay. Now, is this a separate organization that comes in and produces these athletic games, or is this something? Sorry, is this something that uh, you do on your own with local athletes or? You know, from the area? Or? Well, our athletic director actually uh, comes to us out of North Carolina. Then we've got another guy here. It's kind of a duplicate athletic directorship, and he's here. So they and so they're, yeah. they're both they're both either athletes or previous athletes, and they just have tremendous connections. I mean, we we stopped registering athletes when we got to seventy, and we were done with that early. Yeah. So um, the high demand to come here and do this, um, as far as the athletes are concerned. So we. I think we put on a really good demonstration of Highland athletics. Today. I, I was witnessing some of that today, and, and 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 the ladies were just as much fun, if not more, to watch than the men. They it were, was it they was giving it all. It was amazing, and I, I would say that of all things that happen here, there's some there's some points of time in the in the festival, but that's one that really draws people's attention because it is so unusual. Where else are you going to go see those athletics? There's, uh -huh. You can see similar things, but. Who's tossing a big telephone pole? You know, nobody. These guys and gals are. That's it. That's it. That's it. Um, that's all great. But something else I wanted to, to hit on. We talked about it just for a second. Um, um, the, uh, the judges, you say that you had nine different bands. and Nine pop and drum bands. Yeah. Nine and drums. And they were category one through five. Did I see a Category 1? I don't think you saw a Category 1. There okay. might have been an individual, an individual and a soloist that, that did a 1, uh, some 3s and 4s, I think. Uh -huh. uh, but a great assortment, uh, and they came from all over, from Nashville, Asheville, I think. Uh, we, had, we had bands coming in. And it's kind of a neat time because for the last couple of years, a lot of them haven't been able to get together and practice because of what we all know about COVID. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, so now it's... They really wanted to come to this competition. Well, it showed. It was an impressive show, and that 
mass band when they all get together. Oh yeah. You said you had uh, 51? 51 solo solo uh, in competition. Artists. Yeah. Yeah. That registered solo competition. We another part of our festival that we stopped registering and stopped accepting new applications a, a bit ago. Yeah. Uh, same thing. Our whiskey seminar went the same way. We stopped selling tickets for that probably about a month ago. Now I know. I recognize one of the judges' names, Sandy Jones, of course. Okay. Um, do you, where do you get your judges from? Is it from a John Rose, who's the individual who really kind of runs that whole piping and drumming mm -hmm. portion of it, is extremely well connected. He is the director of Knox Pipe and Drums, okay. so he has the connections to go out and get this. We had seven judges, as I understand, that uh, were here starting last night and judged the competition. And is there some kind of point system i know in the athletes they they have a point system where they're trying to get rated or and within their uh, their field it's the same with the pipes and band or you know I, I don't know for sure exactly how they're rated mm -hmm. uh in terms of getting the awards but that would seem to make sense from what i've observed you know they're they're playing for a panel of judges sitting at a table and uh, they don't find out what their scores are or where they placed if they did uh, until five o'clock. So yeah. that's yeah. It's it's probably like any other musical competition of that kind, with your high school band or whatever. You got judges that know what they're doing and know how to listen and hear and see certain things. So that's, well, this great. It's been a, a awesome day. We we've been here all day. We had just a touch of, of rain there in the middle of the day. Scotland. Other than that, it's it's been it's great. Lots of fun. Lots of happy people. Which is which is what it's all about is oh yeah making the people happy. You got it going on all day tomorrow. Till, we started at eight o'clock in the morning and uh, you run have church, until I'm five o'clock. Yeah, they have a church service of some kind. Some we have the perking of the tartans. I think it's at ten, and uh -huh. that event actually has turned into a very well attended event. We uh -huh. moved it to the main stage, as I recall. Um, it's it's become one of those things a lot of people like to do, and that's the nature of the beast in, in, in this. This community in this area, a lot of people want to do that. And I think we do a good job with that one too. Okay, I know you're in in the middle of of this year's festival, but what are the plans for the future? Wow. Uh, you, uh, you, you, Monday's going to be a day of nothing but scotch for breakfast. <laughs> so, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, uh, I, that's not what I meant. No, I understand. I'm try that. Yeah. You know. Um, this was the first year at this venue, and one of the uh -huh. things we purposefully did was we didn't want to expand with a lot of other things that we kind of brainstormed on a little uh -huh. bit, such as, you know, golf. Look at the sport of golf, how important that is mm -hmm. to Scottish heritage. Well, we've got a great golf course here, just probably about three miles from right here. I've already talked to them about doing something with that. Uh, kind of, yeah, uh, typically, you like organizations like do golf tournaments or things like tournament that. or something. Yeah. yeah, something that would be, but something that would really tie it into the culture of, of uh -huh. Scotland. Um, continue to work with some of our, our sponsors. Uh, we've got a sponsor who is uh, a great uh, Scots Irish pub in Knoxville, and uh, we want to continue to do some whiskey tasting with them because they can do a food pairing with it. That's really mm -hmm. good and. We always sell those out. They, they just go like crazy. And uh, we've got, being a, a person who at one point in my life was avid into fly fishing, that's another mm -hmm. Scottish-themed yeah. uh, situation. So we've got one of the best fly shops in the world. It's 
two miles that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they're, <laughs> those guys are great. I'd like to tie in with – I hate to bring them up individually, but I'd love to tie in with those guys and do something with that. I'd like to bring the things that Scotland has done to become so influential on the world. There's no other country you can look at, no tiny island like that, small population that's influenced the world in architecture and engineering and poetry and drama and mm-hmm. sports and all these different facets of our lives that we look at. And you go back and look at the DNA of that, moonshining, you know, yeah. which is very important here, uh, <laughs> that really originated, a lot of it originated in that small yeah. island. So I want to bring that flavor here. I think if we do that, we accomplish our goal. We, we, we bring that culture here. And I think that's what will draw people is to experience that culture, especially in today's environment where there's so many culture clashes oh yeah i've since i've become involved in discovering my heritage and my culture i, I look forward to other cultures oh, yeah. and, and other heritages you, and that, learning about them that's how you hold hands and learn <laughs> well like i say this has been a great day good um I'd like to invite you to come see our show which is uh, father's day weekend June 18th, we're over there in Franklin. Um, we're going to do it. Hopefully, we can do it as well as y'all. Um, how did the venue work out? Are you going to stay here in Townsend? Yeah, and, and there's there's plans to expand this venue, the Blunt Partnership that uh, is one of our partners, like I said, they, mm-hmm. they own it. So there's plans to build it. They plan to have festivals up here. One of the things they do is put 30 or so uh, electrical underground electrical in our and it was right there where the vendor area is now so our mm-hmm. vendors came in they had electrical and had some of them even there. had water so it was great so they're looking to do this and expand it they've had some big festivals up here they had one a couple of weeks ago that the crowd doubled from last year mm-hmm. and it was big last year so we're we're pretty happy with this venue uh and as they continue to potentially expand the physical facility up here we'll be able to grow along with them well, that's that's great. It's, we've had a great time. Uh, I you can't ask for more than this in my mind. Right. Great music, great food. Y- you run into family if you're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> you will. Keith, uh, thank you for taking Man, the time talking with us. Fantastic. Thank and, you for thank you for coming. I'm glad you enjoyed. And we we will definitely be back next year. We got dates for next year. It's I think uh, you're asking an old guy to remember stuff. I think it's May 20th and 21st. Okay. It's always the third full weekend of May. So the I looked at third, that the other day. Fourth? The third full weekend of third. May. Third. Okay. It's, it's like Thanksgiving. The, you got to yeah. figure out. Okay. got to do that because of the sanctioning and stuff like that yeah. that we have. So, yeah. You, First, third. No, the third full third weekend. Third full weekend of May. In yeah. May. Uh, next year, if you can't get out here for the rest of it tomorrow, uh, come on out. I highly recommend it. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Okay, that was fun. He's, he's a neat fella. Um, I'd like to uh, talk today just a little bit about uh, one of the most tragic figures in Scottish history. That is Mary, Queen of Scots. Mary, uh, w- roughest life you can, you can imagine. She was born... Uh, six days after the death of her father, James V of Scotland. So she uh, very as an infant and was crowned uh, a queen of Scotland, uh, just a few months old. Now her mother was uh, Mary of Guise, who is a, a French woman, 
and she thought it was because of the intrigue and the uh, the troubles they were having in Scotland, thought it would be safer to uh, secure the young queen in France. So she was sent actually to France. I think they've made a, a popular TV series uh, about her life. It's not actually factual, but it's a entertainment. But anyway, she was still a, as a child, and she was betrothed to the uh, Dauphine, I believe he was a Philip was his name. Dauphine is, is their, uh, the French way of saying uh, heir to the throne. Uh, they call him the Prince of Wales in England. He's the Dauphin, Dauphine uh, of France, the next in line, basically. And um, his father did die at a young age, and he did become king, and therefore, for a short time, Mary was queen of both France and Scotland. However, the young king did not last long. He, he passed away. So Mary was left with decision on what to do. So her and her mother, who was back in Scotland, uh, holding down the fort, so to speak, uh, decided it was time for her to come back to Scotland. Uh, she came back and was, was crowned uh, Queen of Scotland. And uh, right away, she, she was a good-looking woman and didn't have... Oh, a good judge of character, I guess. First, she uh, got up with this uh, Darnby fella. He was a he was a steward, kind of a, a cousin, not a direct first cousin, but a, a cousin of hers. Um, she also being a steward, and uh, kind of a dandy, uh, a player, I guess we would call him now, a man about town. And she fell in love with him, or thought she did, and he saw a way to become king. So they were buried. It didn't, from the start, it was uh, not right. Uh, they became estranged real quick. They uh, did have uh, one child, obviously, James the, uh, became James VI later on. We'll get to that in a second. And uh, the story I really want to tell today kind of starts when Darnby is murdered. Her, this would be her second husband. She remember she was a widow. By the time she was seven, she had been married, Queen of Scot France, and widowed. So now she was a, a teenage, pushing on toward twenty. She uh, uh, fell in love with this dandy. He did not work out. He was a scoundrel and all this. By you know, lots of stories about uh, Lord Danley. But um, there was a plot uh, conceived and carried out to uh, get Danley out of the way. Now, this, this, that's a whole other story. I want to concern myself with the, the, uh, those that were implicated in the plot was a fellow named Bothwell. Now, Lord Bothwell, um, he was married at the time, actually, to one of my aunt, Aunt Jean, who, uh, way back, Grandpa's sister. Yeah, and... Um, he had his designs also on, on the uh, kingship. So he had befriended, he'd become one of uh, Mary's uh, most faithful. They were both were Catholic in a time when that was becoming more and more unpopular. The John Knox and the Protestants were, were kind of taking over the country and the par parliament and all. Um, so uh, Darnley gets murdered it's in February uh, 1567, 
and uh, there's implications that uh, Bothwell might have been involved and that Mary might have known about it. This was her husband at the time. And it's, it's a funny thing, though. They, they tried to blow up where he was sleeping, but somehow they found the body out in the yard. He had escaped, and somebody strangled him out and left the body out in the yard. Kind of a, another mystery there for the ages. But anyway, so this... This was, he was uh, killed in February. By April, they had had a trial, and Bothwell was cleared. Um, kind of a travesty of a trial. He, he packed a place with his own henchmen, and, and nobody believed it, that, that he didn't do it. So this was in April. Uh, then they were married in May 15th. Uh, some say he, he kidnapped Mary. This is Bothwell and forced himself upon her, and so she felt she had to marry him after that. Others say, no, she was behind with it all the way. But, again, that's a full of mysteries, Mary is. But uh, things, when she married Bothwell, things kind of went from bad to worse for her. Uh, nobody, the whole country was against her. Uh, heathen, they were convinced now that she was part of Darnby's murder, and so... Uh, she was confronted. They actually forced her. Um, it was uh, Earl of Moray, who was her half-brother, actually, uh, another um, son of, of James V. He was an illegitimate son, but he, uh, Mary had made him the Earl of Moray. And he was gonna, wanted to be the regent, wanted to go ahead and give the, uh, the kingship to the baby, who would be James VI, her son, so she, he had her taken away from him, uh, from Mary, and um, they were there was a battle at Langs, Langslide, I believe it was in June of fifteenth. It really wasn't a battle. The Earl of Moray's men were coming this way, and Mary and Bothwell were heading there, and they gathered there, and they uh, Bothwell didn't get the help from some of the other earls that he was hoping for, and so he decided, uh, you know, or Mary decided she would turn herself in. So she became a captive, expecting to be treated like a queen and, and respected, but she was not. She was treated rough. Uh, the, uh, the townspeople had all turned against her and were screaming at her. And she uh, lasted there a couple. She did escape. I believe her escape was, uh, was in May of, uh, this is by now, 68. The battle was in, in on, on May 13th, actually, I'm just looking at it here. And she escaped to uh, another castle where she had thought she had uh, a, a passage to England. She tried to get her cousin, who was Queen Elizabeth, um, their cousins by way of Margaret Tudor, who was James V's uh, mother, and Henry Tudor, Henry VIII, uh, was Elizabeth's father, so that's that's how they were, they were cousins. Um, it's all one big happy family. <laughs> but anyway, she uh, uh, the plan for she thought if she escaped to England, her cousin would surely grant her sanctuary and help her regain her throne. But uh, no, Elizabeth didn't want anything to do with it. She spent the next eighteen years in prison uh, in one castle or another, and uh, then finally. Elizabeth and her uh, some of her ministers accused Mary of treason, of plotting against Elizabeth, 
and so she was eventually beheaded. And that was the tragic end to Mary, Queen of Scots. And there's uh, something I just wanted to read here before I, before I wrap it up. This is from um, Sir Walter Scott, a couple hundred years later, 1827. He wrote a book called The Tales of a Grandfather, which was basically a Scottish history book he wrote for his grandchildren. And he says, Thus did Queen Mary die, aged a little above 44 years. She was intimate for beauty, for talents and accomplishments, nor is there a reason to doubt her natural goodness of heart and courageous manliness of disposition. Yet she was, in every sense, one of the most unhappy princesses that ever lived. From the moment when she came into the world in an hour of defeat and danger to that and with a bloody and violent death closed a weary captivity of 18 years. She had a rough time. And that's our story for this time. Appreciate you hanging out till the end and uh, we'll see you next time. Hey, if you happen to be listening on the YouTube, don't forget to hit the buttons down there, the like, uh, the comments, the subscribe. That all helps our algorithms. And uh, check out Gorgeous Digital Productions. They're the one helping us out and putting these, these programs together for us. They've got lots of neat stuff. Check them out also.